So tomorrow is a special day in the life of our nation. We celebrate the man who said, when civil rights marchers were facing the dogs and clubs and fire hoses of Birmingham, we must face the forces of hate with the power of love. He said, all people are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality. He said, I have a dream. The title of this sermon, Everybody Can Be Great, is also something he said. It comes from a sermon Martin Luther King Jr. gave in 1968, two months before he's assassinated. And he's encouraging his congregation to seek greatness and to do so through service and love. From our first life-giving cry as babies on into adulthood, we have the instinct for attention. King calls this the drum major instinct, our human impulse to want to be out front, leading the parade. In a thousand ways, we struggle for attention, introvert and extrovert alike. We want to be recognized. The impulse is not bad, but can too easily be perverted when it becomes our main driving force. Advertisers try to sell us products to push our drum major instincts into overdrive. This hair color, this motorcycle, this cereal, this mattress, or this college will make you great. This house, this sweater, this toothpaste, this baby stroller will help your life and make you great. King turns to an interaction in his sermon between two followers of Jesus, James and John, to explain a higher drum major instinct. These two ask if they can be in the inner circle with Jesus, imagining that Jesus will rise to power and become a king, a king in the mold of other rulers in the ancient world. They can see themselves out leading the parade when Jesus is king. Their greatness will rise as Jesus' power rises. Jesus could have been dismissive, criticizing James and John for their arrogance and thinking only about themselves. Indeed, the other disciples grumble. They grumble at the brashness of the questions. Instead, Jesus points out being in the inner circle will mean doing hard work. Jesus reframes greatness. Greatness is not something anyone can give you or something you can buy. It is something you earn. The ancient rulers at the time, like many in power today, lord their power over others, exercise authority over people. New Jersey's Governor Chris Christie uses the power of his office to interrupt the traffic on the George Washington Bridge. 
It doesn't matter whether he ordered the closing or his staff. He is plying the power of the governor's office to exact revenge and lead the parade. This is not the type of drum major Jesus is called to be. This is not the greatness of or power he expects of anyone around him to wield. True greatness comes not by favoritism, but by fitness, being prepared. This greatness is grounded in serving others. This fitness involves all the steps we take to be prepared to serve others. So back to Martin Luther King, rising in cadence and volume, as you can only imagine, King purrs and then roars. By giving that definition of greatness, it means that everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and your verb agree to serve. You don't have to know about Plato and Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity to serve. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics in physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love, and you can be that servant. Everybody can be great. Everybody can be a drum major. Being a drum major who serves, being great requires a community with a drum major instinct. We must be in relationship with each other because as Jesus and Every spiritual person knows serving together changes us, most often in ways we can never predict. Most importantly, we must be in relationship with those we wish to serve. We have to listen carefully and know what they really need. We have to have an authentic connection to avoid that familiar notion of power, that kingly benevolence, lording over those we serve, giving what we think they need, what we imagine they need, or what is easy, easiest for us to give. One messy moment among thousands in King's leadership story as a drum major, can help us understand our own work in being great and serving. My colleague and UU minister in Atlanta, Anthony Maycar, and King's biographer, Marshall Frady, serve as our guides this morning. And this messy story has to do with the time King is invited to become part of the Montgomery bus boycott. First, there's Rosa Parks, her refusal to obey the bus driver's demand that she give up her seat. What follows, as King's biographer Frady describes it, is this, that no and Mrs. Parks' arrest quickly set off a spontaneous combustion 
among Montgomery's black citizenry to boycott the city's segregated bus system. Almost immediately, mimeographed leaflets calling for the boycott are coursing through the city's black neighborhoods. But when, the night of Mrs. Park's arrest, a local social activist phones the young Martin Luther King Jr. to ask him to join in the boycott movement. King, out of some uneasiness beyond just his absorption in his multiple other duties, seems curiously reluctant. Brother Nixon, let me think on it a while and call me back. The biographer Frady goes on to say that concerned at King's hesitation, Nixon calls Ralph Abernathy. Abernathy then calls King to exhort him about the elemental importance of cooperating in this boycott. King finally agrees to lend it his support if it would not entail his having to aid in any of the organizing. And that's the story. There are three things of note to lift up. The initial call to leadership. King's hesitation to accept. And Ralph Abernathy's intervention. Call, hesitation, intervention. Call, hesitation, intervention. Starting with the call, what might it look like? As it did for King, sometimes the call takes the form of widespread social justice, social crisis, like the spontaneous combustion of the Montgomery bus boycott against the larger backdrop of the burgeoning civil rights movement. This crisis gripped our city as well. Many here were swept up in the civil rights movement and worked long and hard to desegregate Tulsa schools, public buildings, private businesses, But there is more work ahead of us. You and I need to be drum majors, speaking out and letting people know who we are, what kind of place Hope Church is on today's critical issues of social justice. We need to be the drum majors prepared to serve combat against today's systemic, deeply embedded injustices and wrongs. Our commitment to social rights must be ongoing. I believe protecting abortion rights, working for full social rights of the gay and transgendered community, as well as protecting the curriculum and the access to a free, uncensored public education constitute a key part of the civil rights movement that is here and now. We could name others, immigration. But consider yourself called 
consider yourself a drum major. The women of hope, as well as many individuals in this church, are publicly standing up for reproductive rights by joining hundreds of others in a full-page ad in Oklahoma papers in support of the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, making abortion legal, that decision. You will have the, the, you will have the opportunity to discuss at our May all-church business meeting whether the church as a whole wants to take this stand together in 2015. It's the call to be a drum major for reproductive rights and service to men and women alike. The church is invited to celebrate Martin Luther King by joining our children's religious education this Sunday evening. They're going to the Martin Luther King commemorative service. The music is incredible. Hearing the winning student's recitation of King's I Have a Dream speech makes your spine tingle. It's the call to be a drum major for peace and service to racial equality. I urge the church to join me in hundreds of other Tulsans February 12th. That's a Wednesday evening. There will be a press conference showing citywide multi-faith support for Judge Kern's recent ruling for marriage equality in the state. It's the call to be a drum major for marriage equality and service to the gay and transgendered community. A local group of clergy and their congregations have spent the last two years starting a multi-faith community organizing group, an industrial areas foundation chapter, to address common issues of transportation, education, prison reform, health care, and more. This church can be on the ground floor of this transformative work. I invite you to learn more and participate in its growth. This is the call to be a drum major for the pressing issues families in our community face. It's the call. We can hear it in the various crises and issues that trouble the larger world, but we can also hear it closer to home when there's a crisis in our congregation or a crisis in our family, a crisis of health, even a crisis of spirit. As Reverend Makar describes it, you can feel two wolves inside you, in your heart, circling round and round, snapping at each other. One represents hatred. The other represents healing. And the one that you feed is the one that prevails. Something happens or does not happen in, your, in our congregation, for example, and you have an instant negative reaction right there is a call to leadership. So what do you do next? Do you indulge your suspicions 
cultivate your disgruntlements, insist on my way or the highway, believe that the rules don't apply to you, perhaps even divide people into us versus them. Spread a spirit of war around rather than of peace. If you do this, you did not answer the call. You fed the wolf that destroys, not the wolf that heals. The leadership moment was missed. We've got to be there when the moment comes. So much is at stake in how we use our influence. And it's not always a matter of responding to a crisis. One of my heroes, Quaker activist and teacher Parker Palmer, puts it this way. I lead by word and deed simply because I'm here doing what I do. If you are here doing what you do, then you also exercise leadership of some sort. Even just a smile across the room at someone you know just to acknowledge their existence can be a kind of leadership, an exercise of influence that is truly important. Just by smiling across the room, you're living into a larger vision of a community that strengthens and encourages. Leadership is about making the vision real in acts both big and small. Any simple act of leadership is helping to create the beloved community vision that says, we are all in this together. It's all up to us. Pull together and not apart. Everyone chip in. The ministry here involves every friend, every member, because that's what it takes to live out our mission of changing lives. That's what it takes. So back to those three, three things, call. The second of note in Martin Luther King's story is his hesitation. His hesitation to accept. It represents a momentous crossroad in his life, although he could not have known it at the time. Ultimately, he does accept the call, and in this way ex achieves great visibility and respect as leader of the Montgomery bus boycott which in turn leads to his role in helping found the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, and then to his leadership in civil rights campaigns in Albany, then Birmingham, then Augustine and Selma, and then the March on Washington and his soaring I Have a Dream speech. It all gets started with Montgomery and King's ultimate answer of yes. But what if he'd said instead, no? What then? Without Montgomery, would there ever have been an I have a dream? Hindsight is twenty twenty. We live forwards, says philosopher author Schopenhauer. But we understand backwards. With only the knowledge that is given us in the moment, already full of the pressures of existing responsibilities and anticipations of future work, 
It is truly understandable and fully human to hesitate when a call to something new comes before you. King was very human. And this is something we need to be reminded of so that we can be confident leaders in our own right. Here's why I say this. We take a hero figure like Martin Luther King and we lose touch with the story. Soon enough, someone who had just as many flaws and complexities as the rest of us becomes transformed into a super person untouchable. A change agent who leapt from the womb holding a protest sign. He seems fearless, but we feel fear. The work seems to come naturally to him without any effort or awkwardness, but as for us, we endure setbacks and mistakes, trial and error. He is bottled lightning but we have to pinch ourselves to stay awake. The perfect, snappy comeback is always on his lips. But as for us, it's usually only 12, 24, for me a week, later when it pops into our minds. We lose touch with our hero's stories, and in this way we lose touch with our own powers and possibilities. We hear a call to leadership, but our response can be, who, me? Yet the message of the life of every hero who has ever gone before us or who may be in our midst right now is that you don't need to be perfect to have a dream. You don't need to be perfect to make the world a better place. You don't have to already have the right credentials or know everything there is to know to step up. Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love, and you can be that servant. I'm so grateful for a hero like Martin Luther King, a man who at a critical juncture in his life hesitated. The world did not need a perfect person to do what he did. The world did not need that. The world needed him. And the world needs you. And the world needs me. Leadership is everyone's destiny destiny in some form, big or small. So we turn to that third part and last part of King's story. Ralph Abernathy. Talking King into accepting the call. The intervention. This represents another aspect of the hero's story that is easily passed over. Often the message about change and transformation put out there or the one received, is about rugged individualism. One person acting alone. Nothing or not much about family, the larger supportive community, 
the coalition building, the flurry of letters and emails and texts and phone calls. And in the midst of it all, above all, the key sustaining relationships, people whose judgment you trust, so that even if all the world is criticizing you, if they believe in you, you believe. People who lift you up when you need it. People who will bring you back down to earth when you need that. We often hear nothing about any of this. Just one person acting alone, rugged individualism. It's just not true. You can't get to Martin Luther King without his parents and family and teachers, the black church community, liberal communities like this one, all the committee meetings, all the worship and prayer and hymn singing, all his friends and colleagues. You can't just get to him without Ralph Abernathy, the man who reconnected him to his sense of call, reconnected him to his purpose when he'd hesitated, the man who was with him throughout until the very end and beyond. Even Martin Luther King's call to be a drum major comes from a sermon by Wallace Hamilton, a well-known liberal white Methodist preacher who gave 15 years earlier a sermon called The Drum Major Instincts. King knew where to get his inspiration. So I'm asking you this morning, who is your Ralph Abernathy? Who believes in you so you can believe? Who is your Wallace Hamilton who planted a seed of possibility in you that's been germinating? We all need drum majors and we must be drum majors. This church, this community can be a support to you but you'll get out of it only as much as you put in. So how much are you putting in? Can you see in your own leadership story a time when you believed something couldn't be done? Or it could be done, but by anybody but you. But then it was done. And the person who had done it was you. Everybody can be great, and everybody can serve. May it be so.